Steve Denblaker comes on the show to preview UFC 251 at Abu Dhabi slash Fight Island. This is another damn sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast once again. I am Drew Torres, and I have a different UFC analyst with me today, Mr. Steven Demblaker. Last time you saw us on video, I was with Steve Spencer and Nadeep Taylor. Well, today we are broadening our uh, UFC analyst pool, and this guy is a huge fan. Steve, how's it going, man? Not too bad, Drew. Thanks for having me on. I, I pretty much forced my way on. I pretty much asked <laughs> to be on after I got all the picks right from 249, so... Honestly, much kudos forced, to yeah. you, though. Like, kudos to you. Like, calling Gaethje, beating Ferguson. Not many people did that. Uh, was, that was literally just luck. Honestly, it was more heart than anything. I was like, hey, I'm not recorded live for the internet to see, so I might as well put this on Facebook. Just have it written down for the public to see. But that was pretty much all heart. But, I mean, he proved everyone wrong, all the naysayers. I was just lucky enough that I picked him when he was pretty much at his best ever by far. Yeah, like everybody thought he was going to gas out. He didn't gas out. Everybody yeah. thought that he wasn't going to be able to withstand Tony's pace. He definitely did. Like it was it was an incredible fight. And then you also called Cejudo to beat uh, Dominic Cruz. How would you think of that too? Um, see, I love Cruz, but he always says that like there's no such thing as ring rust. And just having done sports that's not even MMA, that's definitely not true. Like you have to be – in something and doing it actively in order to just be a part of like even when you stop running and then you start running again even though you get quickly back into it, it still takes a like a little bit even like running races to get back into like race shape so I just kind of figured I didn't think it was gonna be a knockout in all fairness I thought it would be maybe a grind out decision by Sudo, maybe some takedowns even though I know Cruz has good takedown defense but I did not see it being a TKO and and honestly, I think it was a good stoppage. But Ooh. I know I, – I really do, honestly. I know I'm a little biased because I did pick Cejudo. But, I, there, like, it was 11 unanswered punches. That's, that's quite a bit, at yeah. least in my opinion. But Yeah, like, most people would say, oh, he was getting up, so obviously he was fine. But when you take that much damage and you're a ref, like, you, you can only watch the fighter take so many punches to the face before you're like, okay, well, this is obviously over. Um, yeah, I like I said, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> – I also think Cejudo's gimmick is the best, and there's no way that dude is done. Like, but <laughs> well, he, did you he see came he's going to be there? Oh, he's going to be at the card? I didn't know that. I think, I think he flew with Usman, so oh. he's, he's probably going to call out, like, Holloway and Volkanovski, whoever the winner of that is. That's, that's my guess, to go up and try to be, like, quadruple C, he's calling it now, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he's a nut. And I, I, he actually, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said that the only people he would want to fight are uh, Volkanovski, like you said, so that he can mm-hmm. get the title. Or he wants to box against, uh, I forgot, I think his last name's Garcia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. So He's a young guy, and he's definitely like a troll, like an internet troll. So that would be, that's what I personally want to see. I yeah. think just the back and forth would be hilarious. Like, you know, Ryan Garcia is not like a huge, huge name yet. That dude's a stud. I think he's yeah. like 21, maybe. Like he's younger than we are by a lot, and that that kid's killing it. And he just trash talks everyone <laughs> before he gets in the ring. It's really funny. Well, it was so interesting to hear that Cejudo is actually he was trying out for the Olympic team, or at least that was his goal for uh, a few years. Was he was really trying to become an Olympic boxer? So who knows? Maybe he's a better boxer than we think. 
Maybe. Yeah. And honestly, like, even though I th- I do think it is a ploy for more money, honestly, but I believe him that if he doesn't get his payment, like he won't come back to mixed martial arts or the UFC. I mean, pretty much done anything he can is through weight classes. I just step away and be, be the goat or <laughs> as much as he calls himself the goat. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's better just to retire on top, you know, don't take that damage, it's better for your health, and obviously he's, he can do whatever he wants at this point, I'm sure he's, he has enough money in the bank, and he's obviously driven to be good at whatever he tries to do, so we'll see what goes on with Henry Cejudo for the rest of his career, but Steve wants to continue his uh, perfect streak of calling uh, pay-per-views on another damn sports podcast, or at least in the comment section, so (laughs) he wanted to come on and give his picks and give his thoughts on the upcoming UFC event, UFC 251, the first event at UFC Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, which is <laughs> which is Fight, uh, Island. Fight Island, which is incredibly, it's such a crazy concept, you know, Fight Island. It feels like it's like one of those classic Bruce Lee movies. Uh, yeah, I agree. And don't get me wrong, I was a little sad, like when it was announced, they were just going back to a venue in Abu Dhabi they've already done, but I mean, they're doing something during this pandemic, and it seems like doing it safely that, I mean, none of other sports have been able to replicate. Honestly, they're all trying to come back and do it right now. But more power to them. But the allure of Fight Island, Dana White presented, I definitely thought it was going to be like Mortal Kombat. They all go to like a private island in the Pacific, and then like they just drop them off one day. No one cuts weight. They give them weapons like the WWE. <laughs> That's what it <laughs> sounded like originally. But it it is honestly awesome. And even the background that they built, like, a cage on the beach for them to train in and stuff and keep all the fighters separate. And, I mean, based on what everyone's done from the reports from, like, Ariel Hawani and all them, that they're getting tested even, like, before they go out. They get tested even before they meet any other people. And then pretty much it's just all the fighters to their own rooms and then, I guess, their coaches and, obviously, the people have been tested there. And that test looks rough. <laughs> yeah that's for sure and honestly if we saw dana white dressed up as shang sung like just outside the octagon sitting in the chair like saying finish him at the end of a fight that'd be perfect i, I like the idea awesome. just man boobs hanging off whatever that little vest thing he has and stuff <laughs> that <laughs> now perfect. if it was a parallel to mortal Kombat, that that means the winner of the uzman versus masvidal fight in the main event would have to then fight dana white exactly it's tito ortiz all over again way back in the day when that was supposed to happen oh man yeah dana and his man boobs in the octagon that'd be a fun sight to see (laughs) all right um so we will start with the uh we'll we'll just do the main card because obviously the prelims none of these fights look as exciting as the last time we did this where uh the main event included donald cerrone and uh anthony pettis so that that was a lot more exciting to talk about with prelims but for the main card We'll start at the bottom, and uh, actually the uh, first fight on the card is the only fight that is, oh, never mind. Yeah, I forgot, too, but... yeah, I forgot Jessica Andrade lost her belt. Um, so we'll, we'll start with the first fight. The first fight is a women's flyweight bout between number 14 ranked Amanda Ribas fighting unranked Paige Van Zandt, who is probably one of the most popular uh, women in the UFC, but that's not really for her fighting style. It's more just the fact that the UFC pushed her as basically just this model. She's a very, very beautiful woman, so they wanted to use her as the poster child for the UFC. Um, but unfortunately, in the cage, the the wins have not come uh, at the rate that the UFC wanted. Right? 
Yeah, I completely agree. And just even starting off, I'll just be honest. I don't think Paige has this one at all. Um, being honest, pulling the curtain back, I don't know a lot about her opponent. Um, but I know Paige has not looked good in her last couple of fights. And with all her popularity and all the pressure UFC's thrown at her, plus being her last fight on her contract, and she's pretty much already stated that she wants to go elsewhere, I, I don't see her doing very well in this, this fight. Um, now, she could surprise us because she does have knockout power, like her first couple of fights when they thought she was going to be the superstar, ended pretty decisively with some pretty vicious knockouts by her, even for like the women's standards. But I, I just don't see with all the distractions, being on the Sports Illustrated bikini stuff, all the pandemic stuff going on. She's got her new boyfriend in Bellator, which it seems like that's probably where she's going to be with him after um i just don't see her pulling this one out yeah i mean that's a definitely a fair take i mean uh Paige van zandt like i said she hasn't been able to get the wins when she needed to and we saw what happened when she was paired up with sage northcutt you know like those are the two young stars that the ufc was pushing to be the, the poster children of the company and unfortunately it just didn't really work out that way sage northcutt has was already has already been cut by the ufc well i don't think he was cut was he let go or like what happened? I know he's at uh, one championship now. Oh, Steve, hold on. Your, your audio. Your audio. Is that better? Yep, that's better. I think you might have been covering up the mic. Yeah, I, I definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure if he got cut or if he wanted to get let go of his contract since one championship is offering so much money for people. But yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not too sure. But yeah, so. Uh, obviously, those two didn't really pan out for the UFC. So hopefully, Paige Van Zandt, I'm sure she's hoping she can at least leave the UFC with a win because, like you said, it sounds like she's not going to be coming back. Uh, so your, what is your official prediction for this fight? I'm going to say – see, now I'm kind of second-guessing myself because you are right. She will really want to leave on a win, or she's going to try to sign a mega deal after. But I still think – see, I don't even remember her opponent's name, but – Amanda Rebus. Rebus. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Like, I'm gonna go with her by unanimous decision. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, do you think if Paige Van Zandt wins this fight in like dominating fashion, like a one punch knockout or like a crazy good submission, do you think that mm -hmm. the UFC would consider bringing her back, like for a lot more money? They definitely want to bring her back. I mean, yeah. they want all the simp lords to like all her <laughs> stuff on Instagram and have her be the poster child for it, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I really can't see her resigning, honestly, unless the UFC really dishes out a lot of money. But they've been shown, as we'll talk about the main event, that unless they're kind of pushed against the the, the wall, they're a little hesitant to pay people during the pandemic. But yeah, that, I mean that's true. Uh, we've seen a lot of gripes on Twitter from John Jones and uh, some other people in terms of how much they feel like they should be paid, and the UFC not being able to throw that money at them. So uh, we'll see what happens with this fight. My official pick. I'm going to pick Paige Van Zandt uh, because I, I think that she's going to come into this fight really wanting to boost her stock just so that when she does move on, she has a, a leg to stand on. You know, like if you're coming off a few losses, it's kind of hard to negotiate a really big contract with another organization. So I'm going with Paige Van Zandt in this fight. And moving on to the next fight, we have a rematch of uh, a former uh, strawweight title fight. Uh, Jessica Andrade, ranked number one, is fighting Rose Namajunas, ranked number two. And uh, in the last fight, uh, Rose was looking great. She was picking Jessica Andrade apart. Um, her, Rose is obviously known for great stand-up. She's had those wars with Ioana Jacek. 
Um, she is a top tier striker. And Andrade is more of a grappler. So you kind of knew that if they were going to keep it on the feet, that uh, Rose was going to win. But um, unfortunately for Rose, uh, Jessica Andrade had or went for a takedown, lifted her up over her shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then literally just slammed her to the ground and, and uh, knocked Rose out just by the sheer impact of the takedown. So it was a crazy finish. I actually felt super bad for Rose because like Rose was such on, on such a tear and for her to lose in that fashion was very disappointing. So uh, what do you think of this fight? I'm really excited about this fight because like you said, Rose was on a tear. I mean, even in that fight, that first round, that was the best Rose Nunez we've seen, honestly, ever. Like I know she had, like you said, wars with Joanna, but she looked crisp during that first round. And she just seems focused now. I know she, I think both of her parents actually passed away from, or maybe it was her grandparents from COVID. And and, uh, that's actually what brought her out of retirement. I was watching her interview with, I don't know if it was Ariel Hawani or Brian Okamoto, but one of them, one of the ESPN guys. And that's what she pretty much said is that she just like lost the love of the game. And she was almost relieved to lose the title. But now she's just focused again after everything. And she just found her love again for MMA after the horrible tragedy. Um, so I'm so excited for this fight because like you said, it's going to be hopefully another classic grappler striker exchange. Yeah. I guess it kind of already seems like I'm going to pick Rose and that's honestly who I am going to pick kind of jumping the gun here because I, I think she's going to come in looking crisp, having all the time off. Maybe she had nagging injuries. We don't know that she was trying to get rid of two while she took her, I think it was two year long break, maybe two, two and a half, three years. It was, it was a decent bit was it really but, that long ago i i think so Damn, maybe, dude. maybe a year and a half say time is really flying think, by if that's the case <laughs> yeah th- thanks 2020 <laughs> that's true this. dude yeah Forget that. <laughs> or maybe i'm overthinking it was only like a year ago but i feel like it was all of 2019 she was out at least yeah it was uh it was a year ago last may last may okay so uh, yeah only a year so okay yeah, that's still also, a decent uh, time to sit out. That is a decent time to sit off. Hmm. But yeah. What? I was about to say, yeah, I'm going to go Rose. See, Andrade is tough. I'm going to go Rose in a fourth round TKO. Interesting. Okay. I could, I could definitely see that. Um, I think in terms of emotion and like, if you're rooting for a good story, Rose Namajunas is the person to root for in this fight. Like you said, that she's had family family members dealing with COVID, which has caused her to come out of retirement. She, she's, uh, she lost her title in a very unorthodox way where you just want her to get that back because you know that she was most likely going to win that first fight if it kept going the way that it was. Um, so in terms of, like, who I want to win, I'm, I would definitely choose Rose. And I'm also choosing her to win. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the psych out. I was like, are we going against each other in two fights? And also yeah. I'll change it to third because I think it's only a three round fight. I forgot that the last three or five, but I'll go third round TKO. <laughs> yeah. If it was a title fight, like I originally thought that, yeah, it would be going five. But um, I mean, Jessica Andrade, I mean, we haven't really talked about her at all, but she is, I mean, she's mean. Like she is definitely a fighter. Like when you see her come out, like she is intense. Like, you know, she's going to whoop some ass. She's just, big for that weight class too. Yeah. You said it's flyweight, uh, strawweight, strawweight. 
yeah. So I even thought she was in a bigger weight class than she was. She's 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 big, honestly, for that weight class. So if she gets a hold of her again, too, who knows? <laughs> like, who knows? The same thing could happen twice. You it, know, it honestly could. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be nuts. But like, so obviously, this fight is closer than we're making it seem. It's just both of us want Rose to win. We we both think that she can't win. So um, that will be our picks for that fight. And moving on to the first title fight of the card. Um, this is a, an exciting one. And honestly, a matchup that nobody would have ever seen coming like a year ago. Uh, we have the bantamweight title is on the line after uh, Henry Cejudo uh, decided to uh, retire. We have number three ranked. Uh, is it Peter or Petter? How, how do you? <laughs> it's like Petre. I, I think it's even weirder than <laughs> We're making it up to be at least for our probably horrible Russian. <laughs> All right. I'll just say Petr Jan, Peter Jan, whatever. Um, yeah. he, he's facing the legend, uh, Jose Aldo. Um, Petr Jan, I believe he's just coming off of a win against Uriah Faber, right? That, that's like yep. his big staple win, which is kind of interesting because, you know, Uriah Faber is super old. Like, it doesn't really mm-hmm. fight all that often. So, I mean, it's a great win, but it's not like a win over a high-level contender. Uh, fighting against Jose Aldo, who is just coming off of a controversial loss to Marlon Marais, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a good I, fight. I, yeah, it was a crazy back-and-forth fight. A lot of people thought that Jose Aldo won. Um, so that even the UFC themselves thought that Jose Aldo won, and that is why he's getting this title shot. Steve, what do you think about this crazy matchup? Yeah, this one's tough, honestly, because both guys are really, really good, obviously. Aldo's just going to be a UFC legend, no matter if he wins this fight or loses this fight. And Jan is, uh, he, he's a stud. Like, he is the future of that division, honestly, whether he wins or loses this fight. But I think this one's actually going to be just a war. I think Aldo's going to come in going crazy because, let's be honest, this is probably his last opportunity at UFC belt if oh, yeah. he loses. I, I don't think they can justify, even if he goes on a tear, kind of giving him another one, especially with his age. But Jan is, Jan is hungry. He's, call, he's calling out everyone, too. So, And they're both elite strikers, obviously. I mean, we've seen Aldo doing his whole career, and Jan has really put on a show since he came to the UFC. Even the, the Uriah Faber knockout, it, I mean, it wasn't even close. He was picking apart Uriah. I think, I think he finished him in the second, and he was just, even the first, he just picked him apart, and everyone knew kind of what was going to happen, even with an old Uriah Faber as, yeah. as kind of a gatekeeper. But so this one's tough too. This this <laughs> one, honestly, I know pretty much top down the main card. All these could be fight of the nights. This one's probably my choice for fight of the night, and I think I'm gonna go with Jan, just okay. because of the age difference, him being younger, hungrier, and Aldo Aldo has to cut a lot of weight to get there too. Mm-hmm. And he did actually. We all said that for the um, Mariah's fight, and he looked amazing in that fight anyways cutting all that weight but i am think gonna go with i, I guess peter Jan is what we'll call him now but <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna go with i think i'm gonna go with Jan, honestly all right but very enough. excited yeah no this this fight's gonna definitely be a war like you said and i honestly all three of these last fights are difficult ones to pick oh yeah um I think the issue that I have with this one is just I haven't seen Jan enough you know I, like I, I saw the fight with Faber and it, it's it's impressive, like I said, but it's Uriah Faber. Like, if he beat Uriah Faber from 10 years ago, then maybe I'd feel a little bit differently. But the other issue is Jose Aldo, like you said, he, yeah, maybe the last time the cut down to Vanaway went well, but he's old. 
Like, how many times can you do that? And yeah. it's still come out looking good. And Jose Aldo's kind of meant on a little bit of a, a skid. I mean, who's the last person he beat? I'm trying to remember because I, I remember he was so emotional because he was on such a losing streak. He beat someone, and then he's lost his last couple of fights again. Yeah, I, I honestly would have to look that up. It's definitely been a while yeah. since he got a last official W. But I am also one of those ones that think that he won that last fight. But yeah. it was definitely close, in all fairness. But sucks for <laughs> – I mean – what does Marlon do? Like, what does he get? <laughs> He's like, this? dude, is I he... won. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, like, is he the contender? It's it's such a very weird precedent for the UFC, but that's a whole different conversation we can get into after that, after this, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the UFC is the big dogs. So they they uh, get to choose who fights. Um, that's true. Last, last time Jose Aldo won was against Hanato Boicano back in February of last year. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And then he lost to Volkanovski, and then he lost to Marlon Moraes. Um, Which so I guess two two good, I mean, two good people to get losses against. I mean, especially if you're an aging Aldo. So, but yeah, those I mean, are tough opponents. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, his only losses have been like stunts. Like he lost to Connor, and then he lost to Max Holloway twice, and then those last two people I just said. So like that's that, that's a pretty good list of people to lose to. Um, man, this is a tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jose Aldo. I just have this feeling, just Jan hasn't showed me enough, and every mm-hmm. time I do this, I get burned. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy's still new. He doesn't know what he's doing against all the big dogs, and then he just comes up and destroys them. So I, I guess I got to go with uh, – still go with my gut, though, with Jose Aldo on this one. Hey, man, I respect it. All those <laughs> – I mean, he's going to be tough for anybody because I think besides that Connor fight, obviously, everyone knows, I think the 14 seconds – knockout for the title but i think the holloway two fights were wars that went to the decision i believe volkanovsky was the same actually no did volkanovsky stop him uh no you were right about the volkanovsky fight that was a unanimous decision uh holloway's fights are both tkos okay back Um, when holloway was on his tear yeah so that's gonna be an interesting one uh i guess we'll move on to the aforementioned Max Holloway and his fight uh, coming up next against Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, this is a rematch from uh, their last, uh, both of their last fights. Um, Volkanovsky won a close decision, but I don't think anybody disputed the call. I think, I think Volkanovsky definitely won that fight. It was just, it was, it was a close fight. Um, and he's uh, hoping to beat Max Holloway twice in a row. Something that nobody has ever done before. Steve, what do you think? Another good fight. I mean, their first fight, it was action-packed, and I'm, we knew Holloway wasn't going to be taking anybody down to the ground, but I'm actually surprised that Volkanovski stayed in there with him, and then he was, I mean, he was out-striking Max Holloway, which did surprise me. I picked Holloway in that first fight, and I think he could come back stronger now that he hopefully has tape on him and has fought him before and hopefully get the distance, but this is going to be a tough fight, like you said, for Honestly, these last three we're picking right now. Um, but something just tells me that Volkanovski is going to get this one again, too. I think he's going to beat Holloway again. Just He's he's a grinder. I think he's going to grind out the five rounds again, just like just with striking his distance, even though Max Holloway has the reach. I think Volkanovski had the timing last time. Every time he would come in, it seems like he would either counter with something or just get out of Max Holloway's – distance coming in I think he could replicate that again 
seems like <laughs> according to Holloway, he's only been training through Zoom, which I don't know if you saw DC <laughs> and Ariel talking about it, that DC called bullshit on that, which I kind of am too. You're not training for a title fight. You're somehow not getting partners in, but whatever. <laughs> so I'll give Holloway that he's got the better hair game right now with his, his long, long hair do. He's got his pandemic, like, fro going on. But I think, I think Volkanovski is going to take this and unanimous decision in five rounds and grind it out again. And maybe even take him to the ground this time and see honestly, how his ground game is. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair assessment. I honestly think I'm going to agree. Um, I think Volkanovski figured something out in that last fight, and I, I don't think that uh, Holloway is going to be able to make the correct adjustments because obviously Volkanovski is someone that you, you don't fuck with. I mean, the man has only lost once and that was early in his career and he's beaten everybody ever since he beat Holloway, he beat Aldo, he beat Chad Mendez. Um, he, he's beaten everybody that he's faced in the UFC. And I just think he's obviously getting better and better. Um, and I agree. I think he's going to take this fight and I think it's going to be the same exact fashion as the last one. It's going to be a five round more. And Volkanovski is going to get the decision. Awesome. Uh, so it looks like one last one last thing. Sorry, not to interrupt you. Yeah, did you know you used to be. Two, did you know you used to be two hundred pounds plus? Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Yeah. Isn't he super short too? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like how short is he? Like he's just a. So- but yeah, like you could look at you could look it up maybe after this or something. But yeah, I, I was listening to God, who was talking about it. But the man used to be two hundred pounds playing rugby that short and he just decided he's like oh i just want to be jacked instead and ripped and not just like big bulky and then he just lost a lot of weight and trained mma and that's how he started i i can't imagine that man being 200 pounds like in any (laughs) aspect like that's crazy to me but well he uh he's an inch shorter than i am yeah right (laughs) yeah (laughs) we want to tell the viewers how short you are but (laughs) (laughs) he's five foot six i don't care um (laughs) And honestly, I'm starting to get kind of fat in this pandemic. I, I'm, I, I won't ever cross 200 pounds, hopefully, but it keeps creeping up there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But yeah. So obviously, the dude made some changes, and I, he's one of the greatest athletes in the world now, especially at his weight class. Um. So I mean, that just proves more of the fact that he definitely has the skills and the willpower to win a title fight like this. And do you remember? hearing Max Holloway on Joe Rogan's podcast saying that he started learning fighting through the UFC undisputed video game. I do remember that. So <laughs> maybe he was telling the truth about his zoom call. Cause that also seemed just as crazy as, as that. That's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> learning a- to shoot a gun because of call of duty. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure I would have to take a safety course and like go to the shooting range once or twice before I'm, freaking Keanu Reeves and John Wick but if that's what he says I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's true and honestly that game was pretty dope I do remember that game being <laughs> awesome but I when I was playing that game I was like I am not gonna be like freaking Forrest Griffin on the cover you know just n- knocking out or beating Rampage in five rounds you know for three rounds however long it was um but uh we'll move on to the uh <laughs> the main card the most exciting fight of the the night for a lot of people it was originally supposed to be probably the least exciting title fight on this card because it was originally Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. And probably 2% of the people that will actually watch or listen to this. Um, Steve, are you still there? Yeah, sorry, I cut out a little bit. But I, I okay. heard you do that whole thing. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, so two percent of the people that are going to be listening to this probably knew who Gilbert Burns was, and everyone <laughs> else was like, "Oh, I have no idea who this guy is." But now, due to Gilbert Burns having to uh, not or having to pull out of the fight because of coronavirus complications, due to the coronavirus being rampant in Brazil, um, Mr. Jorge Masvidal is jumping into the title fight to compete for the welterweight title after coming off his win against Nate Diaz to win the BMF title, which we talked about on this podcast. Uh, Steve, what do you think is going to happen with this fight? I mean, first of all, this is crazy. It's, I mean, we've seen UFC put in people like this at the last second and pull it off. Um, uh, Nate Connor threw Nate into superstardom. Um, but I just never really thought with how far along it seemed like the talks were and how different the sides were, at least in pay, that Jorge was actually ever going to get this opportunity. I mean, Masvidal has been talking a lot of crap on social media, been going on podcasts talking crap. And just with that happening, Gilbert Burns getting, I was like, all right, he's going to be pushed way to the back of the line in this welterweight division that's already stacked. I mean, Leon Edwards has already been pushed aside. No one's even talking about him anymore. Uh, Covington somewhere in the mix there that would actually be a good fight honestly but Woodley's kind of out of it now but Burns I think is also gonna be the odd man out here because I think this fight because of all the drama behind it everything going in and getting the fight honestly I know you and I wanted and 99% of the fans except for maybe the diehards wanted because Gilbert Burns is a stud like that man is yeah he's eventually going to come back up he's the cream of the crop honestly but this just has, it, it's like a movie, honestly. Like you said, starting off the podcast, going to like Fight Island, bring in a replacement fighter that's a fan favorite against someone that's, I mean, I love Kamaru Usman in the ring, but he's, he's a little corny, a little cringy sometimes in interviews. I feel like fans are kind of going back on him, at least for his personality um, that he showcases and stuff. But this, it, it's just insane. And, I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, these guys seem to really actually dislike each other on just a personal level. They got into that altercation during Super Bowl weekend. And Masvidal has been on a tear, and so is obviously Usman. He's lost once even before he got into the UFC. I think he's, what, 15-1 and one now? And uh, Masvidal's 16 and 16-1. and 16-1. And Masvidal is just, I mean, on a complete tear that a journeyman – not to use that term, I guess, somebody that's just been along in the sport a long time that you never think is going to break through into the superstardom just on this complete and utter rampage of the UFC um, starting pretty much last year with the aspirin knockout, the flying knee, five seconds. And I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I've been going back and forth all day about what I want. So my heart says Masvidal because everyone wants to see him come in and do this and take the welterweight title then have the BMF BMF title and welterweight title. They can go have super fights with, I mean, Connor's lined up. He said he wants Nate again. He's been even talking about going down facing Khabib. If like he takes out the division, like this could catapult him into like Connor type level stardom if he pulls this off. But obviously my head is thinking Kamaro. He's at a full camp. He moved up to Colorado because Burns and him were at the same camp in Florida to train with Justin Gaethje, which I think is a step up anyways. Obviously, he, he was with a great camp anyways. If they're training with Gilbert Burns, was his training partner too. But training with Justin Gaethje is definitely going to improve everything of his game. 
So my mind is picking Usman, and I'm still right now undecided. You want to hear my mind. testimony first? All right, you go first. I can't <laughs> you, you go first. I was talking a lot. All right. Um, so just to start off, people are going to be interested in this fight because they either like Jorge Masvidal or they don't like him. Nobody oh, gives a true. shit about Kamaru Guzman. Like I, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like I, I mean, it's true. Like yeah, <laughs> he is a great fighter. Obviously, he is one of the best if he's able to beat people like Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. But there's just something about him that's just not that exciting. And just the way he talks shit, the way he gets in confrontations with people, it's just not like something that's enjoyable to watch. It's kind of cringy, you know. Uh, whereas Jorge Masvidal, you know, he's for real. You know, he, he's a gangster, basically. Like, he will, he will get in your face. Obviously, he'll touch you up if need be with the whole Leon Edwards thing in London. Um, so, obviously, he is a true badass. Three-piece in a soda. <laughs> exactly. Three-piece in a soda. And I think that's the reason why people gravitate towards this guy so much. And the only reason people don't think that Masvidal has much of a chance in this fight is because, obviously, this is on such short notice. But yeah. he seems like the yeah. type of guy that's always going to be in shape. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a fa- uh, factor. I don't think he's the guy that's out partying and getting fat in between fights. You know, what do you think of, of that? No, I mean, I completely agree because I, I know this was the fight that everyone thought was going to happen during fight week, which is the biggest week in MMA during this week in July. Um, everyone thought it was going to be Masvidal, Usman just they just had to come to terms with it so I know he'd been training for Usman up until pretty much negotiations declined so he's at least I know he stopped he said like four five weeks ago I believe when negotiations kind of came short but before that he was training for Usman and I feel like training like that doesn't go away so I I 100% agree I I think the person that the UFC wants to win is Jorge Masvidal it's always the person who's just more exciting to watch and just more popular. Um, I mean, you're right. This is a tough one to call because everybody wants Masvidal to win, but Kamaru's just that good. You know, like some people say, oh, he was exposed against Colby because Colby doesn't punch very hard and he was still getting rocked, you know? So if Jorge connects with one of his punches, there's no way he'll be able to handle it. But that's, that's MMA math. Like, like yeah. that's, that's not how this sport works. And I think Kamaru Usman's going to have the right game plan and like you said, he's been training with Justin Gaethje and him moving from American top team to train with someone else is actually, I think it'd be beneficial because it gives him some, a different um, exposure to training, like a different training camp, a, a different training plan. And I think he's going to come in uh, stronger because he was able to switch up or like shock his body, you know? So I think he's going to be a better fighter coming in. And I honestly think he's going to take this one. I, I'm, I'm taking the safe pick. Because, obviously, Kamaru Usman's a safe pick because, like I said, Jorge is taking this fight on short notice. And, I mean, we know that long in the game with all his training partners, Jorge has to have decent takedown defense. I mean, you usually never see the man get taken down. But Kamaru is one of the best pure takedown artists in UFC. I mean, he took down Woodley like it was butter. Like, he just would take him down with ease. And he Woodley's a stud of a wrestler too so i also want to pick it but i'm going with masvidal i'm i'm gonna if you're going to Usman, i'll just i'll take the other side i'll take the flip of the coin but i mean i just 
like I said, more for my heart because I do want to see that story. Because I am one of those people that I just love Jorge Masvidal. Anytime he's in an interview, I watch it no matter what it is. Like you said, he just seems so real. And I just honestly want him to do it for the story and just to see what happens next after this. Because if he wins, like you said, I kind of disagree with you. I think the UFC would love it if he wins because then they hopefully have another star in their hands based on, let's see, how, how many buys he gets. But they're going to have to pay that man. And apparently – the reason why they couldn't come to a deal is he wants back-end deals on pay-per-view. I know UFC really only does that with Connor, So I, I'm also kind of torn because they could, they have a bunch of fighters that they could just pay nothing like Gilbert Burns. Not nothing. I mean, but dude could probably make more money than both of us and combine for like two years of our wages, at least for one fight, let alone sponsorships. But in their minds, instead of paying like superstar money, they just have an army of people they could throw at. People. So I actually disagree. I think they want Usman to win this, and then that they can just. But that's just my that's just my opinion. But I'm gonna go to lose a Masvidal. star like Masvidal, like to lose a guy like that, because it sounds like he's he's gonna jump ship if they don't pay him. You know, like who knows if that's an act? But yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people. They have him under contract. Like, yeah. like they apparently he this is not even counting for his 10 fight deal i don't think like i think they agreed upon a separate terms for like this fight to come in on short notice so they still have him for 10 fights like ufc's not gonna drop him no matter how much he like makes a thing on social media or whatever podcast he goes on and talks about it it's the same with john jones honestly but i i i would love it and i think if it happens the ufc won't be upset because no matter what they're gonna make their money regardless if they pay him superstar connor money it's not like UFC's best times weren't when they had Connor. Yeah. But I think he's going to be a handful of the negotiation table if he wins this. And rightfully so, because like we said, he's, he's pretty much Connor level. Like he's surpassed Nate. He is a Connor McGregor Masvidal card headliner with the right co-mains and main events would shatter every record. I think the UFC's ever had for, I think it would destroy Khabib Connor. I think it would do astronomical numbers if he wins this fight in this like let's say decisive fashion not controversial i i think getting ahead of ourselves that would be the fight to make if i was the ufc and i was them just give them all the money they want in the world and hype it for a year make it the new year's eve fight they usually have but that's just my opinion yeah no i mean that's makes perfect sense uh, so I think if, if Masvidal's start just keeps rising and rising, well, we'll, then we'll see exactly what you're saying. But uh, all right, so just to recap our picks for UFC 251 F Fight Island in uh, Abu Dhabi, Steve is picking Jorge Masvidal, Alexander Volkanovsky, Peter Yan, Rose Namajunas, and Amanda Rivas. And I am cl- uh, picking Kamaru Usman, Alexander Volkanovsky, Jose Aldo, Rose Namajunas, and Paige Van Zandt. So we have a lot of different picks. Honestly, we only agreed on two of the five fights. So it'll be fun to watch. And watch those will be the fights we lose because that's how you see work. But regarding excited. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just our luck. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's definitely going to be Holloway and uh, Andrade taking those wins. Just I feel bad for giving the other fighters uh, the bad luck. <laughs> Oh, they'll, they'll never see this. So that's that's fine. <laughs> you know, anyways, played along, Steve. What the hell? <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. That's true. But we'll be like that guy that talked shit to Paul Felder on Twitter. They'll just be like, "Oh, those keyboard warriors." 
that that's what I'd be thinking if I was them looking at us. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, dude, honestly, that that was perfect though. The way that guy uh, responded though, like what what did he say? Where Paul Felder was like, "Fair enough." Uh, he, he, well, Paul Felder said like a keyboard and like, and I could come beat the shit out of you. And that guy goes, "Yeah, that's why a keyboard." And then he goes, "All right, fair enough." Like, <laughs> The guy basically just admitted he's saying it because he wouldn't say it to his face to face. He's like, yeah, that's why I said it on Twitter. <laughs> he's like, you know what? You admitted it, I guess. <laughs> like if Carl Usman came to my house, and would be like, all right, you win. Like, you beat me, but hopefully my pick's right this weekend. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that, that, that's that's right. Because Felder, you're right. You said uh, you would never say that to my face. <laughs> Honestly, that's the way to respond, though. It's like, yeah, that's why I'm saying it on social media. Why the hell would I say that to you in person? <laughs> And Felder's right, like, I was just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much you could really say in that instance, but um, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I, I always love talking to UFC with guys like you and uh, the other people uh, that we've had on the show that are fans. It's it's great to share uh, just how fun this sport is with people who may listen to this that aren't as into the UFC because it's definitely up there as one of my top, I'd say, three favorite sports. I, I completely agree, man. And we all got to get together. Um, all of us, when this is all settled down, who knows how long it'll be. Maybe if it's in a couple of years and we'll, we'll buy the fights that way, it'll be hopefully a little less money if we all chip in. So, yeah. And we'll, or we could go to a fight one of these days. That'd be fun. Have you ever been to a USC before? I have never been. I've actually oh. talked about it on this podcast. I was in Vegas last year for the John Jones, Jorge Masvidal, the fight week. I was literally in Vegas. Kept seeing if I could scalp tickets for just super cheap because they are legit thousands of dollars for like fight week and a John Jones card, even for the upper deckers. And I just couldn't get it. And I was running through the Vegas strip trying to find a place to show it because not a lot of the competitors do. And I literally busted in. I wish I could remember the bar. It was a little off the strip, but it was just a little sports bar. And they were actually showing it. And I got to the bar, got a drink, literally to look up, and I was like, oh, cool, it's Masvidal Askren, because I was a huge Ben Askren fan. And then that happened, I was like, well, at least I saw the coolest knockout in UFC history, even though, like, the guy I really wanted to win got knocked out. I was like, this is insane. But <laughs> I, I was in Vegas for that, and part of me really wishes I would have just fronted the money for it. But, nope, never, never been to a UFC event before, but hopefully sometime. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get to one at some point. Like, hopefully they come back to Buffalo again, because that, that was the first one I went to. It was DC versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. Um, and then uh, the other one I saw was in Rochester. It, it was a fight night card. And it was uh, Kevin Lee versus Rafael Dos Anjos. So a couple decent cards, but none to the magnitude of the card you were just talking about. So if we were able to see something like that, that'd be incredible. Um, but that, I think that, that'll be it for uh, the uh, UFC 251 preview show. Steve, once again, thank you for coming on to the show, and I hope you have a good one. Awesome. You too, man.